Has the Beyonder scooped you up and brought you to a world where you have absolutely no friggin' idea what's going on? Well, that happens to our heroes as we talk about on this week's episode of Splash Pages, the comic book club. And as always, I hope you're joining us in this reading. Uh, a lot of us are getting back into comics. I know myself, uh, you know, I, I've been out of comics for a while and I love this comic book club. So you can join us over on Facebook, Splash Pages, the comic book club. Link is in the show notes. But this week, obviously, we're talking about Secret Wars. It was published in 1984 through 1985. It was a 12-issue run along with some uh, some interweaving throughout the the, uh, the titles going on at that time. And uh, this week, we're only covering the first six issues, and we'll cover the next six next week. But obviously, the most powerful superheroes and villains in the Marvel Universe square off on Battleworld. The victor promised their greatest dreams and desires. This is written by Jim Shooter, and artists were Mike Zeck and Bob Layton. Enough chit-chat. Here we go. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. You're watching The Dorkening. Stay tuned. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Splash Pages, the comic book club, your weekly dive into your favorite graphic novels and comic books. Their mission, to fight injustice, to right that which is wrong, and to serve all mankind. And welcome. We are now live on Splash Pages, the comic book club. And today we're going to be talking about Secret Wars issues one through six. We're going to do a two-parter with this one. And also we're going to be talking Spectacular Spider-Man 141 with the Punisher. And with us, as always, we have Rich the Velvet Joker. How's it going, my friend? Good, good. How is everyone tonight? Good evening. Good evening. God bless. And uh, the I'd have to say, Chris, you are our walking encyclopedia of comics. <laughs> Chris Denmead, thank you for joining us. Yeah, no problem. I'm coloring, so don't mind me. <laughs> As I say right now, he's the walking coloring encyclopedia of comics. <laughs> this is actually a recreation of a uh, series of uh, children's activity and coloring books with stickers that you put in. Ooh. Back in the 80s when Secret Wars was basically Marvel, beginning of the Marvel marketing, merchandising money machine. Marvel's always had merchandising, but we'll get into it. Secret Wars was definitely the kickoff of, you know, the war between DC and Marvel. It hit its peak at this point. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. And and I got a story about that. But uh, so uh, just to give you the rundown, Secret Wars was published all the way back in 1984 through 1985. It was written by Jim Shooter, art by Mike Zeck and Bob Layton, inks by John Beatty, letters by Joe Rosen, colorist was Christy Scheel, and editor was Tom DeFalco. And uh, the synopsis, the most powerful heroes and villains in the Marvel Universe square off on Battleworld with the victor promised their greatest dreams and desires. Writer Jim Shooter and artist Mike Zeck and Bob Layton introduced the Beyonder in this 12-issue event featuring the Avengers, the X-Men, the Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, Magneto, Doctor Doom, and a bunch more. And uh, this had a ton of crossovers as well. And, uh, yeah, one of the things Wikipedia was talking about was, um, you know, uh, Shooter said Kenner had licensed the DC heroes and Mattel had He-Man, but wanted to hedge in case superheroes became the next big fad. Who would have guessed? <laughs> uh, they were interest, inter, interested in Marvel's characters, but only if we staged a publishing event that will get a lot of attention. 
and they could build a theme around. Fans, especially young fans, often suggested to me one big story with all the heroes in it and the villains in it. So I uh, I proposed that, uh, Jim Shooter said. Uh, yeah, I, I remember when I was a kid um, when this came out. And I, I believe I was given one issue. I think it was the one, uh, number four, with the Hulk. And uh, I remember going to, I think it was Caldor's at the time, and wanting the uh, the, the Spider-Man action figure, and, uh, you know, I couldn't get it. I was so disappointed. But, you know, that's life when you're a kid in the 80s. Childhood <laughs> trauma. Yeah. So, uh, Rich, what did you think? Um, well, I, I really enjoy this story. Um, uh, it's interesting, though, that you, you, the Beyonder sort of comes in in the, in the beginning and, like you said, offers them their wildest dreams, but they have to destroy each other. Um, and then you don't hear from him. That's it. Then they're sort of just left to their own devices. And, uh, of course, there's uh, Spider-Man. Oh, has, oh that, that hasn't even happened yet. Oh, never mind. I can't even say that. Don't forget, we're only covering the first six issues. So in the in the first like six issues, we get um you know we get the introduction to everyone who's going to be involved with the heroes and villains. And there are certain villains we don't even meet, and certain heroes we don't even meet quite just yet uh, until the next six issues. But uh, a lot of continuity, you know, the the giant spread of heroes in this panel, the um the continuity with a lot of these heroes is 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 insanely important. Uh, if you notice. There are only three members of the Fantastic Four. Do you guys know what's where the the fourth member is? Yeah, it was uh, Invisible Woman, and she's pregnant. pregnant. Correct. Yep she she got pregnant just uh, about a month prior to this, and also um, the person inside the Iron Man armor is Jim Rhodes, not Tony Stark. Tony Stark was drunk and in an alley pissing himself. Uh, Rhodes was the uh, Iron Man at the time. Also, this is when She Hulk was part of the Avengers, so. This would eventually lead to her joining the Fantastic Four because something would happen. Um, but uh, the lead-up to this is the only crossover that Leo was talking about. Every character's book, the Hulk, the Fantastic Four, the Avengers, Spider-Man, and the X-Men, which I think are the only books that did it, had a um, a lead-up to it. Professor Xavier was getting like mind blast from something he didn't understand. Spider-Man was battling the Hobgoblin in a fantastic battle that lasted like for four issues and he kept getting like hit with like headache inducing spider warnings and he didn't understand what was going on until after he finally defeats uh the hobgoblin he goes to battery park or or whatever the big park in new york is and there's this giant shia stadium he calls it structure there and he goes to investigate and gets zapped away and the issue says to be continued in marvel superheroes secret wars and the same thing happened to all the other heroes and those panels, by the way, are collected in the trade paperback in the first couple pages. But when I was a child, I didn't know anything about this until years later. I actually thought they canceled every one of those books temporarily to do the Secret Wars. And they said, <laughs> no, that that would have killed the company. Oh, yeah. Uh, we we want you to buy double. Was, <laughs> what? We want you to buy double. <laughs> right. What ended up happening was the next issue, they would return and just say, see the Secret Wars, which is happening right now for the next year. <laughs> so... You know, it kind of gave away what was going to happen to Spider-Man, which is the biggest impact of all of this, besides uh, probably She-Hulk. Yeah. Um, and this is also, as I was telling Rich off camera, this is Charles Xavier who can walk. I don't know why he's in the wheelchair, but Charles can walk because he was regrown a new body after being a brood queen, um, and they grew him a new body. So Charles can walk in this, and he's leading the X-Men. And he's as much a dick as he usually is. Yeah, I, I'm. I was definitely going to bring that up. And uh, so, according to Wikipedia, uh, the crossover titles include these: uh, the Amazing Spider-Man 249 through 252, Avengers 242 through 243, Captain America 292, Incredible Hulk Volume 2 294 through 295, Iron Man 181 through 183, The Thing 10 through 22, Fantastic Four 265, Marvel Team Up 141. Thor 341 and 383, and then the Uncanny X-Men 178 through 181. Do you want a rundown of all the heroes and villains that are involved in this really fast? Uh, we can do that, yeah. So you have Captain Marvel, a.k.a. by the way, Captain Marvel, who's currently on what television series on Disney Plus? 
WandaVision. Yeah. WandaVision, yes. This is the black Captain Marvel. The original, the first female Captain Marvel was a black woman in the Mar Marvel Universe. First appeared way back in Amazing Spider-Man, annual number 18, 14, 16, something like that. And um, the first reaction Peter has to her showing up is, wow, what a knockout. <laughs> <laughs> um Anyway, so we have Captain Marvel. We have Mohawk Storms. This is Storm without all of her powers. We have regular Captain America, Wasp, Cyclops, Mr. Fantastic, Thing, Human Torch. By the way, this is the Smart Hulk. This is not Professor Hulk, but this is Smart Banner Hulk. Hulk. Banner Hulk. Then we have regular Thor. We have brown costume Wolverine. We have Rogue with the weird stripe in her hair, not the long mullet hair that she normally usually has. Uh, Magneto, because he was technically kind of a good guy, becoming a good guy at this point. Lockheed, the Dragon, Hawkeye, Colossus, and Nightcrawler. And then the villains we have Galactus, the Enchantress, Ultron, the Wrecking Crew, Dr. Octopus, Kang the Conqueror, um, the Molecule Man, the Lizard, and a resurrected Dr. Doom, because Dr. Doom had been murdered and vaporized to a pile of dust by Terex, Galactus's former herald earlier. The explanation about how Doom came back won't be revealed until much later on. And it's revealed in the series? Uh, no, it's actually revealed okay. in Fantastic Four. Um, but it's uh, it, it's it's kind of funny. But I guess we can get to it in the next episode when we get into the ramifications of Secret Wars and the outcome of Secret Wars too. Yeah. <laughs> First, there were there were don't forget there were two more characters. I'm not sure you mentioned uh, that they created during this comic, which were Volcana and Titania. Yes, only one of which we actually give a shit about anymore today because she still shows up in comic books once in a while and is still dating or married to Crusher Creel, the Absorbing Man, who is one of the, oh, sorry, who is the other character uh, I didn't mention because I forgot he's not part of the Wrecking Crew. Uh, the Wrecking Crew are a bunch of uh, construction workers that Loki gave powers to and they show up in Thor and fight Thor and the Thing and other powerhouses in the Marvel Universe. They're kind of lame. They're kind of cool. It all depends on who's writing them, really. <laughs> uh, did you mention the dragon? Lockheed, Lockheed. yes. Yeah. Lockheed really shows up for like five seconds and then disappears from the whole book. There's never a great explanation about why. He just meets like another dragon and then yeah. shows back up again. Anyone who saw that awful New Mutants movie, Lockheed is the um, uh, stuffed animal that uh, crazy magic talks to every five minutes. But honestly, it's the worst version. Yeah, that. Uh, oh my God, that was so bad. Um, yeah, the... Um... There's so much that happens in these six issues. We should do. We, Rich is right. We should have done three episodes. <laughs> but honestly, a lot of the stuff that happens in these comic books, um, I can't see it. Somebody says they can't watch the stream on Facebook for some reason. Um, uh, they might be go to the Dorkening dot or the Dorkening Facebook page. They might be trying to watch it on the. Uh, uh, did you mention Flash the Dragon? Pages. Uh, oh, that was weird. Uh, yeah, I mean, I sent her the streaming link for Facebook. So okay, uh, yeah, if you shared from Splash Pages, that's a private group. So uh... no, I shared the Facebook, like the link that goes opens up in Facebook. Uh, did you mention the dragon? Nope. What? See, you can hear that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let me. Uh... As we take a break. Anyway, uh, but Rich was one hundred percent right. We should have done three issues, three episodes. However, to counter that. Most of the stuff that happens in this is like fight, 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 and then break. Fight, 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 fight. I mean, it's just a constant fight every single issue. You know what I mean? Depending on who the characters is. And Rich pointed out a great fight that happens with Spidey. You blanked out there for a second. A great fight with Spidey? Oh, it's because I was trying to set up her face thing. Rich, what was the fight with Spidey? Spidey versus X-Men. And Spidey kicked the X-Men's butt. He did. He did, yeah. and then, um, as oh, you so eloquently put it, Charles Xavier then put the mind that's, whammy on him. That's a great example right here. Kaboom! Of, like, the villains versus the heroes. <laughs> <laughs> it just takes out a bunch of them. <laughs> Greetings! We are the Retro Reductopus Cephala Podcast, the bi-weekly show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. He's right. We wax philosophic about lots of geeky crap like old video games and movies, toys, cartoons, I don't know, help me out here. Music. Pants. Quoting video games that don't have dialogues. Shabibans. Tasty news. Unnecessarily long Japanese onomatopoeia. Butt breathers. Uncomfortable nature facts. Or how to install a samoplange. 
And unlike all those other podcasts, we at Retroidoctopus have an exciting rotating host schedule. Do we? We sure do. So, if you didn't like the guy flapping his gums this week, like me, worry not, gentle listener. Next week, we'll have a whole new host. Of problems. Hey, they might still suck, but they'll suck differently. And you know what's really cool? Retroidoctopus is part of the Dorkening and Inebriar podcast networks with new episodes every Tentacle Tuesday. Which is like every other Tuesday. We named it. Anyways, you can listen to us at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or any podcast player cool enough to carry the only show that celebrates all things that make growing up awesome. And really, the expanse of, like, the Molecule Man and dropping a mountain range on them, I mean, that's, that's like, insane power. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, there is some seriously crazy stuff that happens in this. And also, I think this is the first time ever I can remember there being a huge divide in the superhero community because, like, the X-Men point out about, like, their, you know, they're they're always being, you know, that people, normal people are always racist towards them and they're never, you know, uh, getting a fair share in the Marvel Universe. And they kind of go off on their own and they eventually team up with Magneto, which really pisses off everyone else because Magneto had just murdered a bunch of innocent sailors prior to this so everyone's like magneto is kind of a bastard and you x-men are going with him because he's your kind and it becomes this whole racial divide between them um yeah and even even torch says at one point uh when they're trying to arm colossus you're like oh i don't know uh if she'll even be able to heal him and uh who is it that came over to him oh uh iron man came over to goes oh well it's a good thing he wasn't black yeah what the hell was that all about well, because Jim Rhodes, Jim Rhodes is like a um, not the best representation of the black community back then. Where like Jim Rhodes was like everything about race, whereas today that's not really how they write him usually. Gotcha. Because he even points out to Mr. Fantastic saying, oh, I guess you weren't surprised to see a black man underneath this armor. Mr. Fantastic's like, I didn't really care who was underneath the armor. Right. But, but I mean, I think it was just trying to show that the, there was so much racism towards, you know, the mutants at this point. Right. I do love the fact that they put uh, the two characters that you pointed out, Volcana and Titana, are this super duper skinny woman and not exactly overweight, but much larger girl that they turned into like, you know, 20 out of 20 and 20 out of 20 characters. And where did they come from? Uh, the patchwork part of the planet Earth that the Beyonder snatched up, which uh, Spider-Woman was part of as well, but we don't introduce her until the second episode that we're doing. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, right here you have the uh, the romance between Wasp and Magneto. <laughs> okay, so so everybody was getting it on in, in just these six <laughs> episodes. So, so Magneto and Wasp, Thor and Enchantress, Molecule Man and Volcana, Torch and Zashi, and then also um, Colossus, Colossus and, and yeah. Um, and there's also, by the way, an issue of Thor that um, ties into this that acts acts as like Secret Wars 4.5 or something like that. <laughs> it's an entire Secret Wars in continuity story, but it took place in Thor like years later. But it was like a flashback issue. <laughs> And, uh, Don't ask me why. It just it's Thor versus the Wrecking Crew. Thor versus you know Thor and Enchantress getting it on because Enchantress is all about trying to get into Thor's pants and Thor being like, "Thou art evil. Me, thou with Jane Foster and Lady Sif, because they be good and you be bad." And she's just always like, "But I like just bang me once." And he's like, "No." <laughs> So, I mean, obviously we can see different times because uh, what was it? Is this? Um, Volcana? Volcana, yeah. Volcana. And uh, I think later in this issue, she gets fat-shamed. Yeah, she yeah, yeah. was a little obese, but they didn't really draw her, like, you know, huge. But I guess she was a little bit the way they drew her. And the, the Wrecking Crew were uh, making fun of her and Molecule Man. And, yeah. of course, you put them in their place because he is pretty damn powerful. Yep. And here we have by the way, on the Facebook stuff, you don't have a share link. I don't have a share. Uh, for which? For any of the Splash Page Club uh, live feed stuff, it just says like and comment. You can't share it to somebody. Really? Yeah. That's a problem at least a couple people have mentioned to me. They're like, I can't share it. It's just like and comment, and then I can't find it. And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, Facebook is always changing shit. Um, 
Now, this cover, Leo, was showing what I was talking about before, when the Molecule Man drops a whole mountain range on the heroes. And I think this is the first time they've really shown Hulk to have the ability to hold a mountain range. I mean, they—they—they. I don't think he had... I mean, he had certainly battled a lot of uh, high-powered guys before, but, I mean, that, that's big stuff. Oh, totally. And uh, so is this the inspiration for um, uh, Infinity War? A little bit. Or Endgame, rather. Or Endgame, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. They they did say that they kind of referenced this as being like the Hulk holding up, you know, Avengers base after Thanos collapses it, collapses it around him. Yeah. Um, this, by the way, was recreated in the Spider-Man animated series. The Lizard took the Hulk's place because they couldn't get the Hulk license rights away from UPN to incorporate him into their shared Marvel Universe. Even though Iron Man and the Fantastic Four had already been on the Hulk cartoon and they had had a crossover, um, it was also very expensive for to use the X-Men in the Secret Wars crossover that Spider-Man did, and all they could get was Storm. And Spider-Man summons her because he's like, Storm will be able to stand up to the Beyonder? Right, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> and the Beyonder on the Spider-Man cartoon series was voiced by... Um, uh, I just had his name. Hold on. Uh, Earl Bowen, best known as playing the uh, psychiatrist in the Terminator films. Oh, wow. Um, but all of these covers, I think, are magnificent. I do love the one where the X-Men strike back and the X-Men have to come in and save the Marvel superheroes and everyone kisses and makes up. And this is right around the time they figure out what is Galactus doing? Because Galactus has just been standing there with his hands up in the air and everyone's like, what the hell is he doing? And then that's when it's finally revealed that Galactus is summoning his ship and he's going to eat the freaking planet. <laughs> um, Nova, I have no idea where Nova is because Nova is Galactus's herald, so I'm surprised she wasn't summoned to the Beyonder homeworld with him. Um, they don't really explain where the hell she went. <laughs> Was that Frankie Ray? Yeah. She had just got done uh, causing all sorts of commotion in space when she led the Galactus to the Skrull homeworld and Galactus ate the Skrull homeworld. <laughs> I guess Beyonder didn't want her around. Apparently not. That would have been... Honestly, a lot of people point out that Mike Zek has revealed later on that he didn't quite remember who the Herald of Galactus was, and nobody editorial made a comment on it until afterwards it was too late, because it would have been a great reunion between Frankie Ray and the Human Torch, who were dating up till she became the Herald of Galactus. Right. But... Um, this whole thing with Johnny and the thing will lead into something we can get into in the second episode, uh, covering this entire secret wars. Okay. And, oh, yeah. uh, and we can't forget that, uh, Ben Grimm somehow, uh, who has never in the comics been able to change back to his human form here, somehow is able to change back, back and forth, but he doesn't seem to be able to control it. Correct. It just keeps happening at the worst possible time. They're in the middle of a big fight. He turns back into humans and gets his ass kicked. <laughs> He's like, what a revolt and development this is. I've always wanted to be human again, but not at a time like this. <laughs> I do love the fact that Galactus tries to go and eat the Beyonder, and the Beyonder just like, boom, get yeah. away from me. You are nothing. <laughs> and and classic Doom, man. He just needs to have all the power. Yeah. Doom is on such a power kick this entire time. Um, it, it, it's, it's a con... This, in the next episode, I'll explain how I was introduced to Secret Wars. But yeah, Doom is just all about the power. And they do that in the uh, Spider-Man 90s cartoon series. Doom gets the power of the Beyonder and like heals his face and he heals Ben Grimm. Yeah, that, right. that's the one time where within these six issues, he really shows... Actually, it's right here. He even shows any uh, weakness because Enchantress uh, says, you know... Uh, if my beauty holds no charm for you, then uh, let us uh, cider your own. I could repair your scars uh, that you hide behind your mask. And he says, my face, you could restore my face. She says easily. The big question is like, why was the lizard summoned? Because when we get back to the, the uh, what the lizard was doing up to this point, he was regular Kurt Connors minding his own business, and the and the Beyonder was just like, Spider-Man needs more than one villain, so besides Doc Ock, we'll take the lizard. Also, Dr. Octopus at this point was not Doc Ock like the way we know and love him. He was really, like, psycho psychologically damaged by all of his defeats of Spider-Man. And right after this, Doc Ock and uh, Mr. Fantastic have a big old fight. But Doc Ock is still like, don't hit me, don't hit me, don't hit me, kind of way. You know what I mean? <laughs> 
Like he was yeah. a truly traumatized victim of abuse by his own stupidity being the way he is. Like, you know, you sympathize with abuse victims, but not when you've been a jackass your entire career and you are now the abuse victim because you can't defeat, you know, a 20 something year old kid with spider powers. So within these six issues, there's definitely a lot of disarray. I mean, you have once all the heroes are, are thrown together in the beginning, um, they, they definitely go their separate ways. Uh, and even within X-Men, you have Storm that wants to lead. And then you also have uh, uh, Cyclops that wants to lead as well. There, there's definitely a lot of, you know, disarray. Yeah, right. Totally. And uh, by the way, Rich, uh, I forgot. Yeah. So somebody makes her cameo in shadow appearance in the final panel of the last issue we're covering. I can't see who that is. That's Spider-Woman. Ah. By the way, that's Spider-Woman 2. Julie Carpenter, who was on the 90s uh, 90s, uh, Iron Man cartoon series, and who is now currently going by the name Madam Web. Okay. She's a psychic who tells Peter... She's the psychic who tells Peter, oh, you need to, like, go do a thing because the web of life and the Spider-Verse. Oh, Peter, I'm completely useless, by the way. I just, like, expel dialogue that really is crap that you already pretty much know. Right. And that was voiced by Stan Lee's wife in the comic and the animated show. Right. But Julie Carpenter is not the old old lady Spider-Woman that you're thinking of. This no, is... no, I know. I understand. Okay. So, but... That Spider-Woman, uh, sorry, God damn it. That Madam Web in the 90s Spider-Man cartoon series, voiced by the late uh, Joan Lee, was an avatar or herald of the Beyonder, it was revealed. Like, mm-hmm. the Beyonder and Madam Web were connected. She was his herald. Interesting. And she was constantly showing up in Peter's life being like, do the thing, I will give you Yoda dialogue, but never actually help you. And then he loses Mary Jane, and she's just like, well, that's a lesson you have to learn. you got to lose some people in your life. And he's like, F you, you old broad. Get the hell out of my life. <laughs> Until Mary Jane's revealed to be a clone later on after he marries and bangs her. And she's just like, yes, this is all part of my grand plan. Now you have to come and fight the Beyonder's chess game of Secret Wars. And then now you have to go to a Spider-Verse and meet all these other Spider-Men and stop uh, Spider-Carnage from destroying the Spider-Verse before there was actually a word called Spider-Verse. And then he, she's just like, okay, so you did everything that you're supposed to do? Guess what? I knew where Mary Jane was this whole time. I'm going to show you, even though you banged a clone of her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of Spider-Verse, uh, Multiverse was brought up at the beginning of this, too. Uh, the Beyonder is from the Multiverse, I believe it said. Uh, the Beyonder's got such screwed up origin yeah. stories. It's really a complicated mess. Um, in Secret Wars 3, and by the way, there was an actually storyline called Secret Wars 3. It happened in two issues of Fantastic Four. Um, it's explained where the Beyonder comes from. And then Brian Michael Bendis came up with another explanation of where the Beyonder came from. And then somebody else came up, uh, Jonathan Hickman came up with a third explanation of where the Beyonder came from. It's so convoluted, messy, and is not important. <laughs> so uh, in the sixth issue... Isn't he essentially his own universe? Oh, at, least, it, at this it, point. At this point. It, it's so goddamn complicated. He's a mutant. He's an inhuman. He's an omnipotent god. It's it's, And he's a child, apparently, too. Right. <laughs> because there's the Beyonders, plural, multiple Beyonders. And then Doctor Doom during Secret War, period got all the powers of the Beyonders into himself and became God Doom. But that's much later. Yeah. Yeah, that's a whole comic book story we could cover on this show, but again, would require two episodes yeah. to even explain because there's <laughs> so much buildup to it. It's ridiculous. So so what's happening with Wasp here? Because, you know, I thought she was good, but she then so, sighed. So Wasp realizes that Magneto is nothing but a douchebag and was going to try and use her feminine wiles to seduce him into getting what she wants and not really cool and not really okay, but hey, he's a villain who killed a bunch of people and, you know, she's smart and intelligent and wants to use her sexuality to you know james bond you know his his her way into magneto's good graces that is totally fine and on her and i'm all for it but she escapes and then gets killed in this issue yeah she's uh she's actually trying to save uh, or trying to help uh connor's the lizard lizard. yeah so uh you know he got hurt in issue one and then ran away she's trying to save him and then all of a sudden she gets blasted it doesn't make a lot of sense how the lizard is hurt, by the way, because he's got like 
Wolverine style, you know, yeah, healing, healing factor, yeah. he should heal up pretty fast. But whatever. I know they needed a plot line for the story. Um, right. But didn't they scoop uh, him and her up in like a frozen lake? And so therefore uh, to be continued? It's to be continued. Yeah, but she is pretty kind of dead. I actually thought when the first time I read this that she died because I didn't really know much about the Wasp. Uh, this is also, by the way, after her divorce with uh, Hank Pym, Yellow Jacket, after he gave her, um, you know, a smack. Mm-hmm. And then who was she dating then? Captain America, Wonder Man? Uh, no, she started dating Tony Stark after this. Okay. <laughs> Which is like Captain America called him on that and be like, seriously, Tony? <laughs> uh, so uh, here we have uh, Zashi, uh, and obviously she's. Uh... She's she's definitely trying to get it on with both Colossus and um, Human right. Torch. Right, and Colossus feels guilty about this because he is infatuated and almost had sex with an underage Kitty Pride. Um, I don't really know how old Colossus is at this time, but I know Kitty Pride when she was first introduced in the X Men was thirteen. Now Kitty and 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 Colossus are married. It's totally fine. They're both over eighteen, but I don't quite understand the kitty colossus relationship in the early days of the x-men but again they're as far as i'm aware they got married and they're okay now so and this i don't get wolverine's going after molecule man and uh cyclops yeah cyclops like no claws it's like the only (laughs) thing i'm drawn and good for until chris claremont writes me better I'm sorry, but Wolverine was not all that interesting until he got his own series. Yeah. I mean, his piece is a mystery here and there. His adamantium skeleton never being revealed. It wasn't until they finally wrote him into his own book that Wolverine became like a really cool and interesting character because all we knew about him was like little bits of information. Yeah. And I love it how they're always finding these ships. And I know the Beyonder provided a lot for them, but you know, it's like right. every time they turn, they have you know, oh, the perfect ship that they need, like this tank. Mm-hmm. And uh, Galactus's ship just shows up, and they're all like, "Oh shit! What do we do now?" Very similar to you know Spike Wickwicky when they're facing Unicron. <laughs> <laughs> um, you kind of also wonder where the hell the Watcher is, because wouldn't the Watcher just be standing on the sideline, just be like, "Yep, I'm gonna watch this." <laughs> um, the uh, do you have the pictures of the toys I I sent you from Facebook? Ooh, I didn't see that you sent me that. Yeah, I sent you two images in the group chat of the toys because we were talking earlier about toys. And yeah, there were toys for this. But there were also toys of characters that didn't appear in Secret Wars like Baron Zemo and Electro got a toy. Um, And everyone got a stupid shield for some dumb reason because they needed to market like a thing, an accessory with every character. Uh, So they gave them all secret shields. And even in the activity coloring book, they say, look, we got shields now too, Captain America. And it's Wolverine and Spider-Man holding shields. And it's the lamest, dumbest effing dialogue. But again, it's written for children, but it really downplays the intelligence of children if that's the way you're going to write to them. Um, it, it's so bad. It's kind of like Magneto's come to die line from the video game. But uh, it, I mean, even like Kang the Conqueror has a shield for some reason. <laughs> And El Kang dies too. Didn't Kang die? Didn't Doom kill him? Uh, no, Kang really can't die. He's from the future, and he is Doctor Doom. So, Doctor Doom is Kang. Is that still current? Yeah, Doctor Doom, Kang, Emotep, Amortis. Yeah, they're all uh, or whatever the Egyptian version of him is called. Yeah, they're all the same person, just from different timelines. That timeline shifts every five minutes as we get into now in the year 2021, and in another, what, 60 years, we'll be in the year 2099, so I'm real curious how comic books will look then. Yep, there it is. So the only character out of that lineup that makes any sense to be in there that's not actually in the book is Hobgoblin, only because of the fact he was just in the Spider-Man book in a big drag-down knockout fight between Spider-Man and Hobgoblin, which led into Secret Wars. Which the best moment of that is when he thinks he just splattered Spider-Man across a wall and Spider-Man is barely clinging to life on the side of the battle van and he just starts pounding his fist into the battle van's windshield and the Hobgoblin is like, oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) But also, uh, Falcon is in this lineup. Falcon has no bearing in this story whatsoever. He doesn't never show up. And Daredevil, too. Daredevil is not in the story. Daredevil's left on Earth because the Beyonder was like, a blind person? Okay, whatever. (laughs) And Claw is immortal. 
Is it Claw going to be... Oh, Claw. Yeah, Ulysses has Claw. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Gollum's character from Black Panther. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I forgot the actor's name. Andy yeah, Serkis. Me well. Andy Serkis, right? Andy Serkis, who played Ulysses S. Claw until he was killed by... He was killed by the Human Torch! <laughs> uh, so this is listed as Secret Wars toys, but there's definitely DC in here. Penguin. What the hell? Get that crap out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Vintage superpowers and Secret Wars loose action set. Isn't it funny that the that Claw was killed by Black Human Torch from the uh, Fantastic Four uh, two, 2015 movie? I don't even remember that. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan plays uh, you know the cousin of T'Challa, uh, uh, whatever his character's name was, and he was Black <clears throat> the he was the Human Torch in the. Uh, 2015 uh fantastic four terrible movie and claw was in that you, no claw was in black panther oh and black Michael B. jordan has played both a version of the human torch I, I gotcha, I gotcha. black human torch now and I he played whatever yeah. t'challa's cousin's name is i don't remember i i don't remember his character that, that image right there leo with dr doom yeah that was in all the ads yes that is Doctor Doom's uh, Beyonder Power God armor, which we will get to in the second episode. I hated it. I was I was like an original back then. I I yeah. I, I I hate change. <laughs> you could easily pop the head off of that and stick a clear chrome dome head on there, like probably Charles Xavier's, and paint the rest of the body silver. You have a Silver Surfer figure. There you go. <laughs> which by the way where the hell was the silver surfer during secret war yeah they actually explained uh and we'll get into it in the second episode about where all the other heroes were during this time of secret wars because the heroes are missing for about uh two weeks so Dare- why did they have daredevil he's he wasn't in it yeah that doesn't make any sense because he's got a bright red costume and marketing yeah. is dumb captain america's shield sucks by the way they yeah. just licensed everything. Yeah, um, the, these figures are real cheesy. No joke. I read that the Falcon was included because they needed a black character. Hello, you had Tony Stark and Captain Marvel, but whatever. Um, by the way, to- okay, a lot of people hate this because it is not Tony Stark in the armor. It is Jim yep. Bucket Rhodes, War Machine. <laughs> now, so, Leo, you say, you say yeah, they're cheap. The, the toys are cheap looking. Yeah, this well, is more like McFarlane came and articulated everything. Yeah. They are bad. Okay, the constrictor is not in this story either. <laughs> so uh, this here is the most valuable Secret Wars toys, uh, and it's going on order. Electro. Yeah, that makes no sense either. It's like where where is the Wrecking Crew? Where is the Lizard? Where is the Hulk? <laughs> None of the limbs bend. It's horrible. Iceman? Uh, Iceman, he's not in this story either. <laughs> what the I hell is Shield? Who is that? Iceman, where was Iceman at the time? I think X... No, I'm sorry. I was about to say X-Factor had formed. No, X-Factor doesn't form until the She-Hulk becomes part of the Fantastic Four because yeah. they find, you know, uh, comatose in a coma, in a cocoon, underwater Jean Grey's body, which would kick off X-Factor. Because uh, at this time, Cyclops is married in the comic books right now during Secret Wars. Cyclops is married and banging Jean Grey's clone, the Goblin Queen, which sets up a story we're going to do later on called Inferno. Okay, so the most value... Because you can't tell a woman that looks like a clone of the woman he's always been lusting after. I mean, it's the worst writing in comic books ever. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, wait, he sees everything in red, right? So everyone looks red to him? Nobody... <laughs> He goes from Madeline to Cyclops. Okay, we, we will get into Cyclops and how horrible of a character he was written when we get to Inferno because there's a lot to unpack there. I don't want to get into it right now. Okay, so I have a question. Yes, Leo. How come no black suit Spider-Man? There's a black you. What are you talking about? There's a black suit Spider-Man action figure. You passed it up. You were scrolling through the images. I didn't see it there. Yes, there was a black suit Spider-Man uh, figure. I mean. These toys came out around pretty much at the same time as the first issue, almost. So the black suit Spider-Man had already oh. been kind of announced by Spider by Marvel uh, prior to Amazing Spider-Man number three fifty-two. Got it. Okay, I see it now. Um, 
but we'll unpack the black suit Spider-Man in the next dis- next yep. episode. For anyone totally. who's not aware of where the actual origins of that come from. Unless you go into the comic book store right now, you're going to pick up the King in Black, and that's a whole. <laughs> so, uh... yeah. where is it? Where is it? There it is. Yeah. The rumors are true. <laughs> but seriously, this this caused DC to be like, okay, we need our own multi-book crossover, but we're going to do something better. We're going to fix all our continuity problems. Marvel did not have a continuity problem other than like, oh, wait, why is this happening here, but this is happening over here, which isn't that big of a deal as much as DC was having a giant headache with their continuity. So they decided to do like a half a year into this, um, their... You know, it took a, you know, Marvel started this first because it started in 1984 and then DC started in 1985 um, while Crisis. wars were still going on, the crisis on the earth. Okay. Um, I know we're running on time. We're actually running a little over, but this has been an awesome discussion on uh, Secret Wars Part 1, uh, issues 1 through 6. Um, and all the episodes of the Spider-Man cartoon series, that's the only time they've ever done this at any kind of media is on Disney+. Plus. Really? Yeah, the th- it's three parts, by the way. They really condensed it down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's on Disney Plus, you said? Yes. Uh, they include weird characters that have nothing to do with Secret Wars, like the Red Skull is in it, Morbius the Living Vampire, Blade and the Black Cat, and Morbius's Vampire Mother. Don't ask. I don't yeah. want to explain it. it. Maybe we'll wait for Halloween to do that. Okay. But, but it's, it, it's a bit weird, but yeah. Um, but it's it's Spider-Man just choosing chess pieces, being like, who could fight that Doctor Doom guy? Oh, the Fantastic Four. And oh, I only have licensing for one more. The uh, Storm. <laughs> uh, and uh, what series is that? The 90s animated series. Okay, the 90s one. Okay. Yeah. Which led into the first ever Spider-Verse crossover thing before they actually came up with the term Spider-Verse. Gotcha. You know, this is how you make the money is with all these crossovers. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, Secret Wars was also written into a novel. You can buy the novel. You can get the audiobook. Um, also, in the links down below or up above, I do have a link to the graphic novel of uh, Secret Wars if you wanted to grab that. And uh, that is an affiliate link, so it does help the network if you click on it. It's uh, through Amazon. And uh, let's do uh, crowbars. Uh, Rich, would you like to go first or last? Uh, I'll go first. Why not? Okay. I'm um. I'm gonna get. Do I feel it's four and a half or four? Uh, the writing's some of the writing's good. It's interesting. Uh, I'm gonna give it four and a quarter crowbars. Four and a quarter. Okay. <laughs> you really had to ponder that one. That's very serious. Four and a quarter crowbars. Four and a quarter. Yep. Whack. These are some of the stickers, by the way, that you can see in this activity book. And Spider-Man has a spider shield. Yes, Iron Man needs a shield. (laughs) Iron Man. Pointing that out. Uh, Chris, how many crowbars will you give this? Uh, Five. I love this series. Okay. (laughs) I do. I really do. I mean, it took me a long time to track down every individual issue, but I was so glad I did, and it was so worth the effort. I got secret. I got Infinite Christ on Infinite Earths like in one sitting from like uh, just somebody selling them all. But but Secret Wars, it took me a little while to track down. The first issue I bought by way by the way was an issue we're covering in the next episode. Oh, number eight. I don't know. I'll tell you the next episode. (laughs) <laughs> you'll have to tune in next week um yeah i think I, we covered as much as we can for this one there's yeah. so much to unpack but we have another episode to do it oh totally uh i'm gonna give this four um the the writing is excellent uh i think the artwork could have definitely they, they tried to shove too much into it i feel oh, uh, yeah. and i don't like it that like professor x is a dick He's always a dick. I mean, do you know the history of Professor... Oh, by the way, you could color in, in the back of it, it's the first issue you could actually color. Ooh. I really want to, like, color this whole thing. I want to feel like a child again, but I, I have a, I have my own hey. comic book uh, graphic novel that I need to start shipping out to people. I don't have time. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, coloring is, is great for adults. It, it really, you know, lets your mind free and... Uh, what do you got there, Chris? Oh, Giant nice. poster. Nice. And it also came with a poster of the uh, the first issue uh, cover um, in 
some releases of that cover. We need to point this out because it's it's this episode, and then we definitely have to probably get going. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, Rich or Leo. What characters were missing from the first issue cover in subsequent re-releases of the image? Uh, I'm going to go Captain Marvel and She-Hulk. No. no uh, they're totally Captain. fine. Marvel completely owns them, lock, stock, a barrel. Uh, it was most of the X-Men. Really? Yeah, other than oh. Wolverine, most of the X-Men were wiped out of the cover for... Uh, subsequent uh, marketing of that image because of the pissing contest between Fox and Mar- Disney. And then Disney was just like, okay, we'll just buy you. <laughs> As they, they do. do. I mean, As they if do. you look at Disney Plus, there's a fo- new Fox product on Disney Plus almost every week. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, so it's only Colossus? No, I don't. I don't. Or... You would, we would really have to do some homework and track yeah. down the altered image of this cover. But uh, Wolverine was kept on the cover because he's Wolverine. He prints money. But subsequent other X-Men characters were eliminated from this image. I'm looking at the graphic novel, and I'll actually I'll pull that up. The graphic novel should still reprint the original. Yeah, see, they're all still there. And that's done by Alex Ross, by the way. That's a beautiful yeah. cover. Yeah, it is. Um, I do love the fact, by the way, I think we missed it, but I, I do remember there's a scene where Captain Marvel is bathing nude and Jim Rhodes just happens to accidentally see her and be like, oh, Captain Marvel, I should ask her out sometime. <laughs> <laughs> that never happens. He actually does date Captain Marvel. He dates Carol Danvers up until Thanos punches a hole in his well, chest. Okay, so he mentions uh, that and then she talks to him and then thinks that he's a dick. And, uh, yeah, because they just they wrote Jim Rhodes so badly back then. I mean, they write Jim Rhodes like an actually respected person these days. But back then, they wrote Jim Rhodes like the way they wrote um, who's the Black Green Lantern called? He was on the cartoon series. John Stewart. John, John Stewart. Stewart. They wrote John Stewart and Jim Rhodes very, very badly. <laughs> they wrote them as like white people are bad. Racism is all about what well, the only thing black people are about. Well, I, I think the context with uh, Captain Marvel and Iron Man is she's this was like her first interaction with him, and she thought that he was so sophisticated, and obviously right. not. Right. She thinks this is Tony Stark. Yeah, Nobody exactly. knows that Jim Rhodes is in the armor other than uh, I, I believe the only person who really knows is is Tony. Yeah. And Tony, uh, Jim did not join the Avengers when he was wearing the armor. He kept out of it because of the fact he knows that Captain America is the only person. Don't forget, this is a time when nobody knew Tony Stark was Iron Man. The only person who did know was Captain America, probably Nick Fury and the Watcher. Any omnipotent being who doesn't give a shit about secret identities, by the way. (laughs) i point out, Mephisto knows who your identity is. The Watcher knows your identity. They don't care. (laughs) (laughs) And can we talk about uh, the Daily Daily Bugle and go, Spider-Man is really Peter Parker. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, what were you gonna say, uh, Rich? Um, Sorry. How this version of Iron Man has like speed skates? Yes, this was like, the very hipster '80s Iron Man. This was this was pretty bad. <laughs> also, that was so hilarious. I don't think Jim Rhodes was even a colonel still at, at this point. I don't know if that was a retcon later on or he was retired. I mean, most of the time, Jim Rhodes is always still like when he's not in his war machine armor, he's in his. You know, he's in his military. You know, he's not a civilian. Right. So I, I like that they write Jim Rhodes very intelligently these days because he was written very badly back then. Um, I mean, Luke Cage was always like, you know, sweet Christmas and cracker, but he wasn't like, you know, racism, white people bad. He was just, it, that was only ever towards Danny Rand because Danny Rand was the white man with, with the money. So that was okay. <laughs> but Jim Rhodes was just, oh. I hated the character up until years later, but I was just like, oh, he's kind of cool. And then I really didn't pay much attention to him until Don Cheadle played him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I didn't mention, you know, I normally bring up some stuff from when this came out. This came out in 1984, 1985, uh, where you could catch such movies as The Last Starfighter, Gremlins, Karate Kid, the original, uh, you know, the origin of Cobra Kai, the original Dune. Um, and uh, never ending story. All movies that actors have been on my radio show for. <laughs> really, Zach Galligan, uh, both stars of The Last Starfighter, and um, uh, William Zapka has been on Radio Bar. That's awesome. Nice. We would also have so much to unpack with, like all the extras, you know, all the uh, weird, cool ad stuff, or whatever that they put in these issues, like the Hulk in a diaper, because you know. The, the New Year's Baby has a diaper or this Advanced Dungeons and Dragons video game from Intellivision. <laughs> uh, 
in television. Or Stan's soapbox once again, because Stan always has a little like, hey, true believer, Stanley here. <laughs> yeah, I had that video game. Uh, the, the debut of the 12-issue limited series is not only the biggest event of the month, but is also the beginning of the most important series Marvel ever published this year. Last month, Marvel's greatest heroes and villains vanished in a blinding flash, and now begins the starting revelation of where they vanished to. This series is destined to change, and it's just like, you know, just dialogue-heavy explanation yeah. or ad that ran in every issue this month. Wow. Um, okay, we're going to wrap things up and uh, talk about Spider-Man next. And uh, so I'll play the ad for Deadly Grounds. And uh, obviously, Deadly Grounds Coffee, they're a sponsor of the network. We absolutely love them. And uh, it's actually what I'm drinking right now to stay awake. And uh, best coffee you'll ever have is Little Mom and Pop here in Connecticut. And, uh, you know, we love supporting small businesses and indie creators. So uh, here we go, Deadly Grounds. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Well, thanks for listening to us this week. And, uh, you know, we had a blast. As always, you just heard it. Uh, so tune in next week. We're going to be covering the last six episodes of uh, Secret Wars. I almost forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we're going to be covering that. And, uh, you know, obviously getting into the black suit. And, uh, yeah, th that's what got me into Secret Wars. The, the black suit uh, Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I really miss getting those toys. Well, anyway, you know, you heard a lot of us uh, talking about what we loved about it. And also, make sure you tune into Chris's show, which, you know, if you're watching the live show, we, we recorded that, like, right afterwards. But Chris, uh, and we help him with it, is uh, the Spectacular Spider-Man Sal Buscema Era podcast. And I'll, I'll put information in the show notes, but definitely go check that out. Uh, but you can find everything on The Dorkening. Head on over to thedorkening.com. And uh, we're going to be making some changes to the website soon because we got a bunch of uh, new shows on the network. But anyway, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Dun 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 d